0: The Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM.
1: 20 to eight, and don't forget if there's a song you'd like to hear or if there's a conversation that you'd like to engage with, then you are welcome to SMS us, WhatsApp us, or give us a call as well. We're going to talk to a man who has been working till 3 o'clock this morning. We hope that his coffee is strong. <laughs> and he is certainly someone that... Uh, I have great respect for, great thought leader. And when you want to know what is going on in the world of agriculture and agri-economics, Wandile Settloba is the man to chat to. He's the chief economist at Agribiz, or um, Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa. He also serves as a member of President Soro advisory panel on land reform. Wandile, are you feeling strong?
0: Very strong. Thank you so very much for having me on.
1: You know, I love having you on because you kind of make my mind just explode into all sorts of ideas. So, Wandila, the reason we wanted to get you on is... um the messaging, of course, is very loud and clear. It's not just messaging, but we can look at the Household Affordability Index. We can track food prices. And there is no doubt that fru- food has risen quite dramatically. I mean, apparently, the cost of a household food basket increased uh, between October and November by 101 rand and 50 cents. And I want to look specifically at, for example, things like avocado, which is now being called the green gold. Um, the cost of ginger. There are some things that just seem to have suddenly exploded in pricing for those of us who need to get to fill that basket. Talk to us about that.
0: Yeah. No. Th- th- thanks, Michelle. I, I think perhaps maybe the point to to pick up on is is the, is the one that you started with, saying. The food basket has increased uh, notably, and I think they, we, we, we need to be careful on what numbers we are looking at. I know that there are some data coming out of uh, Peter Marista pointing to a certain extent to that end. but if you look at some of the numbers that I think also captures an accurate picture from say where they are looking really broadly across the country you see that food price and inflation has actually been roughly muted in 2020. It's only really, as you say, uh, in the last quarter where we began uh, to see a bit of an increase. But even then, I mean, in December, the highest level since 2014 was about 62 which is the rate at which food prices were increasing. So, yes, some products have been increasing, but I do think that overall we were still roughly at better uh, levels than we have seen in the past few years. Perhaps the pain at this time around gets to be much more pronounced because more people are out of work, and all yeah. of those. So now the expenditure, whatever adjustments happen there, you do feel it in your pockets. But I, I think it's important to preface uh, on that. But for the products that you, you referred to, your gingers, avocados, and all of those things, seasonality gets to be important on them. But I think specifically for those that are in the niche markets, take, for example, garlic as well as ginger prices. Yeah. Those have increased notably um, in the past few months. Why? But
1: why? The, why would
0: that be? I think it's a combination of factors. I mean, you think, for example, on, on a garlic side, South Africa imports roughly sixty-five percent um, oh. of that. Okay. We're not producing enough. Okay. So what ends up then being an important day is that the weakness of the currency gets to, 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 to matter, adds on the increase, the demand that comes uh, with the perception that there is a nutritional value at this time. That also adds uh, to that bit of an increase, but also the fact that some of them are out of season. And it's the same with ginger, because ginger harvesting, for example, happens between May and November. So you would expect that outside that period, uh, the increases gets to be more pronounced.
1: Wandila, let's talk about avocados. I read this fascinating article where they spoke about the fact that avocados are being stolen off trees because of the value of them and that now some avocado farmers actually need to have security to guard the trees. Talk to us about that i think we're
0: seeing michelle uh, roughly a a really a notable increase in rural crime um in south africa and on the avocado uh, space i mean certainly there are those incidences that that are happening and the crop is pretty much available as you know that in south africa uh, roughly 60 percent or more of what we produce goes to the export markets so that does cause uh, a a bit of uh, challenge But, but then again it increases now the costs for farmers, disinvizes some people from getting in the crop. It's something that we really need to put and handle on so that it doesn't it doesn't uh, continue to happen because it's really a bad on a crime within the rural areas of South Africa.
1: Wandile, you obviously have such a fascinating insight into food growth in this country and obviously around land issues and land reforms as well. When we look at 2021, what are some of the uh, insights that we may have to start looking forward to?
0: I think Michelle, for the first quarter of this year, uh, people will still see food prices rising at notable levels. Yeah. And even from basic products like maize, meal, some and all of those things. But I think when we get to the second quarter of the year, we will see the rate of an increase in prices for price inflation really softening to an extent that we think for this year, South Africa's food price inflation will still be somewhat uh, less than 5%. But that would be slightly higher than last year because last year South Africa's food price inflation averaged at around about 4.8%. So I do feel that it will still be comfortable levels.
1: So, Wandila, you know, um, last week we chatted to, I think it was called Livestock Wealth, a fascinating conversation around how if you want to get involved in the kind of farming world, but you don't necessarily want to be a farmer, um, I can't think of anything worse, actually, but I I wouldn't mind investing in cows or whatever the case may be. And this is an opportunity. This is something really, really interesting because it does start to open up, why land is important around wealth and that kind of thing, but perhaps one doesn't necessarily want to be on that land necessarily.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of these uh, exciting and, and new ways of uh, uh, involvement in agriculture. And specifically to that, I mean, and, and the guys at Livestock World, they do incredible work, particularly for making sure that there is inclusiveness um, uh, in, in farming. If you don't really want to be at the farm, you can still have a question and have people running um those activities on your behalf, but I do think that generally there's a number of uh agri startups that are that are exciting um uh, opening up entries some within the value chain, some within the farming or itself either it's uh, some like Kula, which is the ag tech company that is also exciting uh, operating more by providing a marketplace. For relatively smallholder farmers. But you are certainly right that the value within the food sector is starting to really appear. Either it's in a a value chain or roughly at the farming at the the primary level. But it's exciting to see all of those options and where young people can be involved where possible.
1: Just briefly talk to us about that idea of uh, taking uh, small SMMEs and uh, small farmers to market? Because obviously that's critical. If you can't get access to markets, which is the most important thing, what is the point? How is that working?
0: Yeah, the, 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 our guys are, are called Kula On, a, on a, they have this technology platform. What they really play up as do is, is being the aggregators. Yeah. Um, uh, they support smallholder farmers in whatever areas that they, they they are in, and then they make sure that they let then the consumers who are also in their platform know where the supplier but they also organize the logistics, which is one that is is an important is an important part so I mean they play a really massive role uh, in in areas that they are in now, but I do think that if they can scale up. And be available in a number of areas in South Africa, that um, could be, could, would be imported. I and mean, then, I mean, people, who, if they look up just Cooler, they will be able to see that K H U L A, and then they'll be able to, to just see that amazing work uh, that they are trying to bring into the marketplace.
1: So, Wandila, if you were a betting man and you had to look at some of the crops that uh, are going to be uh, in the uh, in the offering this year, which is the crop that you would suggest we focus on that you think is going to do real good for the economy of South Africa and certainly the agricultural sector as well?
0: Oh, well, I think, Michelle, for me, whatever is in the horticulture space is always interesting, both on a value but also on the labor-intensive side. But the one thing that I'm looking forward on seeing this year is the regulations on the cannibal side, because I do think that we are closer to getting that um, online. The work by the regulators is progressing nicely. So I think for people to look on what's going to happen on the cannibal side, but for value, I think the horticulture, which is fruits and vegetables, are always the great place to be to be in, and they also contribute a lot to the jobs. Than all of the other activities
1: in agriculture so fruit and veg yep that sounds exciting um, then my other question well you're taking you to the cannabis briefly um, you talk about the regulations in the cannabis side I mean there are these stories now coming out of course about um, distil pivoting and shifting into that space slightly how does that read for you
0: I think for me, as long as the the, the the major companies are also getting into that space, that becomes important, and I think it should be welcome in the sense that the, the value chain in that space is not yet well developed. And I think we made a mistake of we were getting excited about uh, what could be realized, but we were not doing the homework of putting all of the infrastructure in place. But there was also an overlay across provinces in South Africa, where you get the Eastern Cape, putting this in their state of the province, talking about how what they're going to do about cannabis. But at a national level, there is no clear regulation for on the commercial side that is really opening up the market. But now major entities coming in, I think that also puts regulators um, on the line. So that we're able to create the market pressure, the marketplace. But we should always ensure that there's going to be inclusivity for those smallholder farmers in the rural transpires and everywhere. So I think we need to balance that well.
1: Wandila, you always offer some fascinating insights for those of us who are absolutely clueless on that particular uh, space. I'd love to invite you back as a guest presenter. I know you've done it once before, but I'd love to invite you back if you are available one Sunday morning for an hour to just talk us through all sorts of things when it comes to land, when it comes to equity and the like. That would be amazing. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Wendy Silt-Lawboy, he's the chief economist at Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, which is AgBiz. He's also served on the, as a member of President Sorum Ramaphosa's advisory panel on land reform. And he wrote a fascinating book called Finding Common Ground – land equity and agriculture. And uh, really what's exciting about the way he approaches all his work is that he really does try to find common ground. And instead of working on the binary, he works on the spectrum. And I would love to hear more from him. And I'm sure you would too.